never hit me the way it did when I was reading it this time. And this is a man, he's asking for healing of his son. His son has been um, dealing with a demon inside of him that's causing him to convulse and have seizures. And this man's praying for the healing or wanting, wanting Jesus to heal his son of these things. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown himself both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes, Immediately, immediately, the father of the child cries out and says with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Okay, so what does this guy say? I believe you can do it, but I still have doubts. I want my son healed, but I still have doubts of whether or not you can actually do it or not. Do we do the same thing? We pray for things all the time, do we not? I say we, I'm talking to me too. We pray for things all the time. And do we, are we really expecting results? We pray for healing for someone, or are we really expecting that person to be healed? You know, we got to be real with God. God knows each and every thought. He knows our heart. He knows our mind. God knows the things that we struggle with. But we're scared to be real. That's what I love about our Wednesday men's group. Listen, we get back there and we're real with each other. We're honest with each other. We, we tell each other things that other people may not even know. And it's okay to say, God, I love you and I trust you, but I still have doubt and I still have unbelief. And I need you to come to me, Lord, and help me with these things. Help me where I don't unbelieve anymore. Help me where I don't have doubts when I pray. Help me that when I touch somebody and ask for healing, they're healed, and I never doubt it when I go back home. Help me with these things, Lord. You know, Satan's going to give us the doubts and the fears, um, and he does this for the hope that that unbelief will develop. That's why he does it. If I can make them doubt, I can make them doubt a little more. And then I can turn that doubt to fear, and then I'm going to turn that fear into unbelief. That's how it happens, and it happens like that. We have to realize, you know, we do have real spiritual problems that need to be addressed. And when we do, we, we need to take those to God honestly. Take those things to God with prayer. And ask him to help us with it. Last one I'm going to here is James 1, 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let no man, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. It says, let no man suppose. What does that mean? That means, I don't suppose God can heal this man. I know God can heal this man. You know, me and Mark, I've talked to him about this, you know, with, with Ronald Wallace. You know, Mark even called me the day before he passed away. It may have even been the day of. And 
told me the, his situation where he was at. And I still, until the second I heard that he had passed, I still believed that God was going to heal that man. I didn't care what anybody said. I believed it because I prayed with him. I prayed with Mark. We prayed over him. I believed it was going to happen. This time it didn't turn out in our favor. But it turned out in God's favor. That's what we got to remember. You know, um, I, I got the definition here for double-minded. It's wavering in mind, undecided, marked by hypocrisy. I don't want to be that guy. It says anyone who is double-minded will be unstable in all his ways. When life is unstable, the mind is unsettled and it lacks conviction. If I'm unstable, that means my mind's unsettled. And when my mind's unsettled, it's hard for me to discern what's right and what's wrong. I can't discern that anymore because my mind is it's going this way, it's going that way, it's all over the place. Just like it said with the waves tossing the ocean. You know, those waves don't get to decide where they go. They just crash. They crash. And they crash. You know, I'm going to close with this. It's time to address our unstable ways with God. It's time that we know where we stand with our convictions and our beliefs. We got to be obedient to God and what He wants in our life, and quit letting the devil chirp in our ear and put the doubts and fears and unbelief in. I'm going to do something as I close, and you can do it or you can not. It's up to you. You don't have to do it. But I'm going to raise my right hand. I'm going to make an oath, and you can do it with me. God, I will be obedient today. I will not allow Satan to put doubts and unbelief. God, if you call me today, I'm going to come to this altar and I'm going to change my life. Good word, brother. It's awesome. Y'all, y'all, everybody done that. You made a declaration today of what, what you needed to change and what you was prepared to do in your life today as, as we gather together in the house of the Lord this morning. Um, again, welcome everybody. Everybody looks good this morning. Everybody ready to eat this Thursday, I guess, or whenever this weekend you're eating. I know I am. I would say I've been starving myself waiting for Thursday, but that ain't happening. I'll eat till Thursday, and then I'll eat more on Thursday. And then talk about going on a diet after Thursday, right? Is that what we do? Talk about it. To talk about it. But, um, you know, that's awesome. Awesome, brother. Good job. Man, yeah. Doubt and unbelief. Um, only thing tonight, don't forget, the community Thanksgiving service. I know I've said it a few weeks ago. I've been asked and feel honored to, to speak tonight over to Baptist Church. Don't come on my behalf. You hear me here. But whatever, you know. But just come be a part because we all are part of this community, whether you live in this community or not. That's why it's called a community Thanksgiving service. So come join together with that. And this Wednesday, there's been years and times past, I think the past couple of years, Daddy said we haven't had service.
Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, but we will this year. Um, the women, I know I talked to Jeannie, and she's like, no, we love our class. So, And they, they gotta have, they're got to having Christmas play practice that we haven't had here in a couple of years, so they, they've got a lot to do with that. So if you are able to Wednesday night, we will still be having classes Wednesday night. Come and join. You know, if you're part of the Christmas play, you can be here unless you've got family things, and we understand everybody's got stuff going on. So, um, so we'll have our normal classes on Wednesday. But um, other than that, I think that's it. So let's uh, receive our offering. Amen. Yeah. Over in Second Corinthians chapter chapter nine, Paul talks about the cheerful giver. Cheerful. So we we sung about joy this morning, right? We sung numerous songs this morning, talking about having joy, the joy in the house of the Lord. And we're going to talk more about joy and talk about how we praise and worship our, our holy God. And, 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 you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to read some scripture. We're going to read tonight again about, about worshiping and coming into this time together we have and, and not taking it for granted. But he says in chapter nine of second Corinthians in verse six, but I say, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. Be sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully, right? We know this. So let each one of you as he purposes in his heart not grudgingly, nor in necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Cheerful giver. Amen. So when we give, whether you're giving this morning in tithes and offerings, you give to God every day, go to Him cheerfully, joyfully. Why? Because that's what Jesus done for us. Right? He gave back to us joyfully, cheerfully, not, not grudgingly or in necessity. So, so we want to uh, do that this morning and, and do what, be obedient to the Word of God. Um, Sarah had asked prayer for... for Friend of theirs, it's their mechanic. He got hurt yesterday working on her vehicle, um, and and so, but so he got hurt on his foot, and and they don't know what the extent of that's going to be yet. So his name is Rusty. So we want to pray for him this morning as we pray, and uh, just I want you to pray this morning. Pray that God opens your heart and your mind this morning, clears everything out. There's a lot of stuff we could be thinking about right now and going on. I know. Trust me, I've been fighting it all day, all morning already of different things going on in my mind. And let's get ourselves ready to come in and listen to the Word of God. We should do this before we ever get here on Sunday morning. This should be every day when we wake up, prepare ourselves for what God has for us for that day. Today especially, prepare ourselves for what God has for us. And clear all that other stuff out. Say, God, I don't want no more of it. And, you know, we've done made the declaration. We're going to do what we need to do to change today. So let's start now. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for this day and this time together, God. We just, God, the presence has already been experienced here this morning, God. We'll just keep flowing, and, and God, your spirit moves and touches hearts and lives this morning, and, and lives change as we pray all the time that we come here, that we do not leave like, like we come in. We, we leave better because we know and we're stronger, and we know that you're the Lord of our life even more now than we did when we come in, and we just give everything to you, and we thank you for that, God. We ask that you with Rusty this morning, God, with that injury to his foot, God, that you just clear that up, clean that up to where they don't lose no foot, no amputations mentioned or anything, Father, that, that these things can uh, come back like they need to, and he'll get a good report on those things, and we thank you for that. God, we just bring our tithes and offerings to you this morning, God, as your word says, and we do it cheerfully of a joyous heart, and because we know we're being obedient to your word this morning, we thank you for that. You just bless everyone here and everyone that's watching this morning, in Jesus' name, amen, amen.
Amen. That's right. Almost home. We'll be there one day, won't we? Some of us have gone before us, but we're going to meet them there. And uh, we're going to be home with them. It's good to see Butch Brown with us this morning. It's been a while, brother. It's good to have you here. It is. It is. Um, oh, well, introduce us to your new wife, if we don't mind. Donna? Well, it's good to meet you, Donna. Good to have you here. I did not know that you was awesome. Good job. Yeah, that's awesome. Amen. Amen. Well, the children can go to children's church. <laughs> They're all raring to go this morning. I know that. I understand. The rest of you can turn to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. We're going to, that's our main text, 411, but we're going to start at a couple other places. And I hope that you're excited to be here this morning. I do. Amen. Don't, I don't need any long faces this morning. No, nobody's sad or depressed. This ain't the time to be sad and depressed. If you are, then we've got something that can help you. We've got prayer. We've got a lot of people around with a joyous heart, thankful to be here. You know, we've been talking the past couple Sundays about what our God is, but my God is, right? We started with the names of God and all, and went through different ones and what those mean. And last week, it was, um, we continued that discussion about how our God is faithful through everything, everything we've been through. There's nothing you can look back in your life when you've trusted in God. And, and it may not have come out the way you planned or thought. But God was always faithful to His Word, wasn't He? So, so we, we know that our God is faithful. We know that He is. He said He'll never leave us nor forsake us. We said it last week. We'll say it again today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is constant. He never changes. Right? He is that one thing up here that's constant. We're the one over here that's the variable all the time, seems like. We're moving around here and there. But we're the variable. But God's constant. And He wants us to be constant in His Word. And I want to talk today, the title is, But My God Is Worthy to Be Praised. Worthy to Be Praised. You know, we're not going to praise God if we're not thankful for what He's done for us, are we? Do you, and and I'm, we're not, we don't praise men, but we are thankful for people that do stuff for us, don't we? And, and you're not going to show them thanks a lot of times because it's how we're built unless they do something for you. Right? That's when you're going to show them thanks. With Jesus, or God, when He created us, when He created man, and for what He did with Jesus coming to this earth, is the ultimate of giving to us. So we know that we celebrate Thanksgiving this week. You're going to sit down with your families, most of you, if you hadn't already. You're going to sit down and eat. You're going to fellowship. Have that time together, which is great. That's awesome. We need to do that. Families need to join together and do that. There's too many families, even in the body of Christ, that will not meet this week because there's too much division inside their own family. We're not going to get into forgiveness, but if, you, if that's you, you need to forgive others and get past it and, and meet together as you can and let God work that out, okay? But, and, and there's people that can't. They live far apart. They can't get together. But a lot of people will. And they, we need to get together and do that because we should be thankful for each other. We should be thankful for our family. And, and we carry that on, and you know, that we know that started here in America. It's a holiday. 
We've talked about it this morning. Daddy talked about it already, how that, you know, we, we, we come to this time of year, and this is about the only time of year where Thanksgiving is talked about so much, how thankful we are. I said last week, and I think today's day 20. And if you've looked on Facebook, somebody's posted on their day 20 of things I'm thankful for. So, you know, they do that and, and show that, and that's great. But as I've said earlier, it should be expressed 365 days a year, especially... Especially to our Lord and Savior. Especially to Him. Why? Because He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. We talked, and I said last week, I thought I was going to preach on Him being a jealous guy. Well, we still ain't gotten to that point. We're going to talk about it in just a second. How our God's jealous. Because in Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments come down. What were the children of Israel doing as He was giving Moses the Ten Commandments? Worshipping other gods. Building that image of that golden calf. And, and partying and doing whatever because they didn't feel like that the Almighty God was taking care of them as He needs to. We ever been there? We do that, don't we? I don't feel like God's given to me as I should, so I'm going to go do what I want to see if I can take care of it myself. Right? I don't feel like God's working through this situation as fast as I think He should, so I'm going to, I'm going to intervene on my own behalf and do it myself. I've been guilty of it time and time again. But a lot of times we forget, and we talked about it last week in our spoilt mind and society that we live in, and this great nation that we live in to where we've got everything we could possibly, we need most of the time, not want, I said need. we got most everything that we need. and But yet we're spoilt. So in our mind, because we're spoilt, God should be enamored with us. Right? He created us so He should be giving to me because He created me. He created us so we could worship Him, not Him worship us. You get that? Come on. I mean, we're not created so God can worship me. God's not looking down, just giving me waves of blessings this morning because I'm up here preaching. Oh, look at Mark. He's doing such a good job. I just love him. I'll give him a million dollars. He's not doing that. In my mind, sure, I wish. That would be great. He's, he's happy that I'm doing what He's called me to do. And He's happy that you're here this morning joining together, as the Word of God says, about joining together in unity and meeting together. He's happy with that, trust me. But He's really happy when we get up every day, Monday, Tuesday, every other day that ends in Y, besides we gather up Sunday, and do what He's called us to do those other days. And purpose in our heart that we're going to do those things because He created us to worship Him, not the other way around. Our, our whole goal in life should be to be enamored with Him because He is a holy God. Because of what He done and made, and He's worthy to be praised. Because what He's done is holy and good and sent Jesus and we gave our lives to Jesus. And then in turn, that makes us worthy to worship Him, the holy God. Not our past, not what we've done, not what we're doing right now. We can't do nothing good enough to worship God besides give our lives to Him. And, and ask Him to forgive us of our sins. But in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3, we all know the Ten Commandments. We're just going to read this one. You shall have no other gods before me. Pretty simple. Should be. But it's not in our life. Because we have plenty of other gods before God. Before the Almighty God. Before the one that's worthy to be praised. A lot of times we praise other gods. A lot of, if we don't watch it, we praise men above God for what they've done. 
when it's God that gave them the wisdom and the understanding to give us the medicines and the, the treatments that they have, but we'll say, well, the doctor did this and the medicine did this. And sure it did, but it wasn't without if we go back to the wisdom of God that gave it to them to create those medicines. So while we're taking those things, we can still give glory and honor and praise to God, but we'll make that thing a God before us if we don't watch it. And, and trust me, I take different pills every day and do, and for different things. And I'm not telling, and again, I'm not telling anybody not to take anything. But if we don't watch it, we'll make it a God before our holy God. Okay? And he said, you shall not make yourselves for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven or above, that is in earth or beneath, that is in the water or under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. And we could go, and we've said it before, we've made something that looks like something on earth. We've made this a God a lot of times. We've made the TV in our, in our living room a God because that's about the only thing we sit down in front of besides here, right? And we sit down in front of it. We don't watch it. It can be our God because it takes the place a lot of times. Let me get this out of the way. Of our time with Him. You know, I could sit and watch college football or college basketball all day. You know, college football at least is only on Saturdays. Now, college basketball starting this Monday through Sunday a lot of times. And I like college basketball. So I could watch it. And there's nothing wrong with me watching college basketball or you watching football, whatever you want to watch. Well, not whatever you want to watch. Let's, let me uh, back up there. Not whatever. But if I use that as, and make that time my priority over time that I could be studying this and studying things and doing things that could help me later in life and now in life and now through my problems and when problems come up again the next time, then I'm making that a God before the Almighty God, which He told us back in the Old Testament not to. And people can say, well, that's the Old Testament. You know, that, that law is done away with since Jesus. Jesus still said, if we love God with all our hearts, all our soul, all our mind and our strength and love our neighbor as ourselves, then we're going to be doing all these because that is the greatest commandment. And he said, that's the greatest one. So he didn't do away with all these. He just said, but if you're doing that, you're going to do this. If you're loving God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and everything about you, and you're loving every, everybody else as you love yourself and as you love God, then you're not going to put any other gods before the Almighty God. Does that make sense? So it all ties back in together. We can do away with the Old Testament. People say, oh, it's a good history lesson. It is, but it's the Word of God. Or he wouldn't have put it in there for us to read. And no one understand. He said, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. A jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generation to those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. You know he's still showing mercy to us, right? He's still showing mercy to the thousands. We're still part of that thousands where he's showing mercy and grace to us each and every day. So God could not have more clear, been more clear. He created us for His purpose and His plan, and we all have a purpose and plan in life. Whatever it is, how big or small you may think it is, you have a purpose and plan. I told Cody this morning, so I'm going to call you out, so you'll be on Facebook and YouTube, and it'll be recorded. So you now you've got to do this, okay? You can't back out. Cody did not want to be in the Christmas play. Because, uh, am I right, Cody? You mad yet? Okay. 
So he didn't want to be in a crucifix because he had too many lines. So Hallie talked him into singing a song. So Cody, I told him this morning, and I've heard Cody, Jenny, does Cody have a good voice? So Cody has a good voice. He needs to be singing using the talent that God gave him. But as most of us, for me standing up here talking's great. I don't have a problem with it. If I were to try to sing in front of you, I would be, voice would be shaking. I would be nervous because it's out of my comfort zone and out of my element. That's out of Cody's element. I told him, I said, I'm glad, I'm proud to see you get out of your comfort zone. Get out of things that you don't want to do in life and do those things to glorify and honor God. And I'm not giving any praise to Cody. God's working through him and doing a thing in his life. And that's what we all need to be ready to do, no matter how difficult it may seem, because he's our God and we don't put anything else before him. As Brad talked about, fear can be our God and we put it before the Almighty God. Right? Doubt and unbelief can be our God. Because we put it, God's here and we know that God's here. But what he's called us to do, we put fear here and doubt and unbelief here because we, we, that's what we see. That's how we feel. That's not what God's calling us to do. God's calling us to love Him with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. Everything about us. That's what He created us for. He created us to live and thrive in this world that He put us in, that He made for us. But also while we're here, let's do more than just be for ourselves. Let's be for our God because He's a holy God and worthy of our praise. <clears throat> so, let me make sure I didn't miss anything right there. So, in Revelation chapter 4, John, I don't know how many have read the book of Revelations, tried to study it. If you're new to the, to, to the Word of God, if you're new to, to Christianity and the Bible and you've never read it, don't start in Revelation, okay? It can confuse you. You'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know why these animals have so many heads and eyes and all these things and whatever. So we're going to read this chapter. It's going to talk about some of those, but I don't want you to get hung on those. We're going to read down into to where we want to get to this morning. But I was going to paraphrase several things and go through, but I said, you know what, we're just going to read the whole chapter. It's like 11 verses. So y'all read along as we go. Starting in verse 1, like I said, this is a revelation of John when God called him and he was in a vision in the throne room of heaven and he was seeing what heaven looks like and, and describing it to us. He said, After these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking and saying to me, Come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one set on that throne. And he who sat on that throne was like a jasper, a sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne there were twenty-four thrones. And on, and on the thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting clothed in white robes. And they had crowns of gold on their head. And from the throne proceeding lightnings and thundering and voices. It sounds, I mean, you, you listen to this and read this, you're like, this is something out of a movie. This is something made up. Now, I believe this is, this is John fully saying what God's showing him right here, okay? There's nothing made up in this Word of God. And you say, well, I just, I just don't understand it. Well, the longer you read the Word of God and the more you study the Word of God and get into this, you will start to understand these things, okay? But it takes study. It takes time with God. It takes you, the Holy Spirit, saying, reveal to me what you would have to me out of this. So don't get stuck. These 24 thrones, we, we're not going to get into a study in the, in, in the book of Revelation on Sunday morning, I promise. So he said, 
Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, and there were seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures. Here's some of those creatures with the, with the different things. He says, full of eyes front and back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second creature was like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they, this is where I want to get to, okay? And they did not rest day or night. Their job before the throne of God was to constantly be praising Him. Okay, that was, that was what they were there for. They didn't rest day or night. You say, well, I can't praise God day or night. You can praise Him all day while you're awake and get up in the morning and start again, can't you? Right? Day or night. And, and saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. That's what they did every day, all day long, in and out. Back and forth. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Isaiah talked about this when he, when he saw God high and lifted up in the temple and His train or His robe filled the temple. And I think I've got that in there, Cole. We'll, we'll skip to it in Isaiah chapter 6. We'll come back to Revelation chapter, chapter 4. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah was called to be a prophet. And he said in, in, in verse 1 of Isaiah 6, he said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, just as, just as John did, okay? So this is confirming things. Old Testament, New Testament. Saw God sitting on a throne, didn't He? And He said, High and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple. So if you, if you don't know, what was it, 18 inches every year that a king reigned, they add to his train. And so if a king was in there for years and years, then they would add to that train, and somebody would be behind it holding that train up or wouldn't touch the ground. Right, so they keep adding 18 inches every year. So his train filled the temple. So that's pretty much saying that God's being always was, always has been, always will be. God has been king and been on the throne, right? So he said, and his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. One had six wings, the other with who he covered his face, and two he covered his feet, and two he flew. And one cried to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. Holy, holy, holy. Why? God is holy. Nothing can be more holy than God. Nothing can be more light than God. There's no, like we read in 1 John, there's no light. There's no darkness in God. There's no shadow in turning in God's light. So holy is God. Holy is He. Holy is the one that's worthy to receive all glory and honor and praise. And then Isaiah goes on as we would if we was in that situation. Because we go back, we serve and worship a holy God and He's worthy of our praise, but yet we don't feel worthy enough to bring back the praises that we, that we should be giving back to Him because of our life and the way we feel. So Isaiah dealt with this also. Isaiah said in uh, verse 4, or verse 5, he said, So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips. Everybody feel that way any time in your life? You've done things, you've said things, you've acted away, and you just feel, I'm, I am unclean. I should not, I cannot sing praises to God today. Come to church. I'm going to come to church today, but I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not singing this morning. I just don't feel like I can. Because I don't feel like God's forgiven me. 
If we lived our life based on our feelings like you're doing right then, then you're going to live an up and down life each and every day. You're never going to get past how you feel to know how what God thinks about you and says about you. To realize that you're the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. So the things in our life that are keeping us like Isaiah here and said, look, I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips. I shouldn't, I can't, I can't say these things. I shouldn't even be here in this situation because I don't feel worthy enough. I don't feel good enough. But what happened next? He says, from my eyes I've seen the king. He said, I dwell in, let me read this. He said, I'm a man of unclean lips and dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. We, everybody's here. America is full of unclean lips. This world is full of unclean lips, just like it was back then. Isaiah was a prophet to the nation of Israel. That was He was talking about that nation. We can look at all the other nations in the world today, including ours, and see how unclean people's mouths are, unclean our lips are, unclean our talk is. Even in the body of Christ where we should have clean lips, a pure heart and a pure mind. David even said, give me a clean heart, purify my heart. We should be wanting that in our life each and every day. He says, For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And in verse 6 of Isaiah, then this is what this is the this is what happened when God cleansed our life through the blood of Jesus. Okay? This is in, in essence what happened. Just as this angel did to Isaiah. He come down with that coal off that off that burnt offering, off that offering. And he touched his lips. He touched his lips. Jesus, because of the blood, and we know he lives in our heart, through our lips, through our mind, our mouth, everything about us to come here. Okay? So, so with Jesus doing that, we have essentially been cleansed. He says, the one of the seraphims, the angels, flew to me, having his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity or sin is taken away and your sin is purged. Purged, it's gone. That when it pur- what do you do when you purge something? You remove that out of the equation, don't you? You're purged of that. When we ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins and come in our life, we were purged of those things in our life. Past, present, future, sure, the things we do now and the things we're going to do, we need to ask God forgiveness for. Because there's grace and mercy for that. But we let a lot of times what's in our past hold us back for what's right now. And so Isaiah got up and he said, well, God said, I need somebody to go. And he said, send me. He said, send me. That's where we need to be now in our life. Jesus is Lord of our life, right? If anybody, if everybody in here can say that this morning, that Jesus is Lord of your life, then you should be saying, here I am, send me. Not, hang on, God, wait a minute, I'm not good enough. Hang on, I'm not ready yet. I don't feel like that I, I can do this yet. I, let me get through with this other stuff. I'll go back to this, and I've said it before. And tobacco is not, that's between you and God. Okay, this is, I'm talking Mark Carroll here, all right? So, God had dealt with me years ago to quit dipping. Years. And I quit, then, then start back. Because I, and I would justify it that I needed it for driving to Birmingham or doing whatever, help keep me awake, which it didn't. Because if you ever dip, you could fall asleep in your chair with a dip in your mouth, and you never know it. Sleep all night. Did it plenty of times. But, so, I would pray to God, 
God, here I am. Take before the the preaching thing, ever you know, the pastoring, all of that. I I was working on myself to be where I was striving to be where I needed to be with God. And so I'd say, God, here I am. Use me. And that would come up in my spirit. God convicted me of. And I said, and and I would say, well, that ain't hurting nothing. Nobody know. I've had numerous people tell me, I didn't know you ever did. Well, yeah. You hide your stuff, which you want to really well. We all hide things we don't want others to see. And and so, I, I know that was a barrier. It was an area of disobedience in my life. So I could, I could kind of pray, God, take everything but that. And that's how I would do it. And feel like I would be good enough knowing that, every, that I was in disobedience. So I've said this before, like when, when this come up, when not come up, but when the God was dealing with me on, on taking over the church, I said, this has got to go. Because I can, I can no longer fake it. I can no longer stand up here and say, I give everything to God and then lie to each and every one of you every Sunday that I'm up here because knowing I'm hanging on to things in my life that shouldn't be there. Neither should you come in here and lie to me saying, God, take everything from my life, holding on to things that you're holding on to. And, come on, I'm not trying to step on toes. I promise. I'm stepping on my own this morning. So, we can, because He has purged our sin, taken everything away, get to a point in our life to where we say, God, here, take me, here am I, send me, use me because you're worthy to be praised. I glorify you with my life. Not of myself, but with my life. And, and you get all the glory and honor and praise for it. Because as we're going to go back and read in Revelation chapter 4, these 24 elders that sit on a throne, alright, we're not going to discuss that either. He says, where the living creatures give glory and honor to God and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever for who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne let me get over here they cast their crowns before the throne saying you are worthy o lord to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they will exist and were created you created all things you are worthy o lord so these 24 elders sit on these thrones all dressed in white so if we, if we looked at somebody like that, we're like, man, they are perfect. They've got it. They're on the outside of the throne room of God. They have got it together. You know, I, I hope one day I can be as good as them, is, is what our mind would think. But even them, they knew that they had to worship God. That's why they were there. They threw their crowns down all the time. These things, these earthly things, if we could get... Mm, if we could get past these earthly things and wants and throw down like they threw those crowns down on their head that made them look majestic and all this stuff in our life and fully concentrate on Him, the things that God could do through us and fall down and worship Him as He as, as these did every day. All they did, didn't rest either. They worshiped God all day long. No matter what the problem was, no matter what the thing, what, whatever was going on in their life, it didn't matter how their spouse woke up and made them mad. It didn't matter how their children were acting that day or that year or that month. It didn't matter anything about that. It doesn't say there's any variables in there, did it? It said they woke up or they did these things all day, every day, all the time. That's what they were there for. 
God created us to worship Him because he's, He is worthy to be praised. We are worthy enough now to praise Him because we, He is in us. He has made us clean. He has purged us for these things. <coughs> Excuse me. I got my notes all messed up. <clears throat> so we'll just go with it. So I don't know what page I was on. Y'all just have to, we'll get back to it. All right. So we're worthy to praise Him. Just as Isaiah, after God cleansed his lips, was worthy, he knew, hey, I'm worthy to praise Him. So there's no man on earth that's worthy enough to get my praise. All right? No man. I've heard people, they follow churches because of a man preaching. And that man may bring the, the true Word of God, but a lot of times we get into following a man. Following a man, right? Just like there's different sports figures that I've followed since college. and But I don't worship them. I'm not going to go bow down. There's no king, there's no man on this earth that I would ever, and I hope none of you would bow one knee to and bow down to, because there's no man worthy of our praise like Jesus and God is worthy of our praise. None of them. Sure, they give things to us and they do things, but there's no president that will ever be in America that I would say I would bow down to because he's done something for me. None of them has ever gave their life for me. Sure, there's plenty of people that have died in service for this country that have given their lives so we can have freedom, right, in this nation. But there's no man besides Jesus that ever gave his life for me that I can have eternal life in heaven with him and see these things that John wrote about and be at that place where that, that sea is like crystal like glass. And see all these, these things and these, these people worshiping and praising God and throwing their crowns down and saying, we're, you know, we're, we're not who we said we was. We're, we're, we, we cannot be anything in the presence of God besides just bow down. Besides just humble. And, and the things of this world doesn't matter. I'm going to preach tonight. We're going to use the text because, I mean, it's Thanksgiving, right? I'm going to tell them tonight, look, we're at a community Thanksgiving service and I'm sure every church that is represented there, has heard a Thanksgiving message this morning. And I'm not trying to preach a Thanksgiving message. I'm trying to, look, our God's worthy to be praised. We should be thankful for serving and having a God that is worthy of our praise. That we can go to Him in praise and worship each and every day. That we can come before the throne room of His grace, of His mercy, without any, without any reserve, without any just timidness or anything, and come before God. Because we sung about it this morning. He's my father and He's my friend, right? We've known Him as both. But He's both of them to us. And, and so He says we're heirs with Christ. We're heirs of God. Join heirs with Jesus Christ. That's what Paul says in Romans. And, and so, in, in, in the book of Psalms, chapter 100. And this week that I was reading on this, I even told Gabby the other night, I said, we may do something a little different at church Sunday morning. And I don't want to do it out of show. If you don't feel that you can do it, but just as Cody and the several others in here has got out of your comfort zone, we may do that this morning. And I'm not going to bring nobody up here on stage. I'm not going to ask nobody to say anything by themselves, okay? It's going to be a group participation. Oh, my goodness. But the first of this verse, what does it say? Make a joyful shout to the Lord. A joyful shout. We can shout at football games and basketball games. I can shout at the TV about football games and basketball games and have done it, good and bad. Jump up and down. And we come in here, Thanksgiving service, 
We should be thankful and happy and joyful. And I believe most of you, I haven't talked to anybody this morning that said they were not having a good day. Nobody in here. Happy to be here. And that's us awesome. That's why we should come in this place with expectation that God's going to meet us because we are being obedient to Him. Because we're bringing our praise, our sacrifice of praise. You should bring in a sacrifice of praise when you come in here. So, you know, we shout for a lot of things. You may have shouted at your children or your spouse this morning. We shout for bad times, don't we? We do. I don't think. I mean, no. Gabby was asleep when I left, so we didn't have time to shout at each other this morning. So, (laughs) do what? Not this morning, I did not. No, I did not. No. I did not shout at anybody. But we are all guilty of that because why? Emotions come. And then things come out. But when we get in church, we get reserved. And we're just here. Because we don't know what to do. And then somebody else will see us. And then somebody else will see us. I know where you are for many years. Okay? And, and saying things and doing things where everybody else can see us. You're like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to say anything. But, you know, I remember years ago when Michael Jordan, my favorite basketball player, come back to the Wizards. Anybody remember that? When he come back and played for the, for the Washington Wizards? When, and, and his first ball game back, I was watching it because I used to watch him with the Chicago Bulls all the time. And they gave him at least a five-minute, no joke, standing ovation as a man. A man, a five-minute. And that's, that's long if you're standing there clapping for somebody. I didn't think it was ever going in. I'm like, well, this is awesome. But, I mean, you know, a few seconds, get up and down, and we're done. And, but they gave a man, because of his accomplishments in a game, and how good he was, that big of a standing ovation. Thousands of people. The place was packed. But then we come here, and we know we serve a God that's worthy of our praise, and we don't hardly want to give a shout. We don't hardly want to clap our hands or raise our hands or, or get into a time of praise and worship with Him because the rest of this verse, the rest of this chapter says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with what? Singing. Singing. We've done that this morning. Just because we're in here singing a song doesn't mean that you're in the presence of God. You could, that's, that's between you and God. The presence of God, I believe, is here. All right, let me, let me make this clear. All right, the presence of God, I believe, is here because it said, "With two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. But it's up to you whether or not you're going to know and let God work through you and His presence be known in your own life. I can't force the presence of God on you just like God's not going to force the presence of God on you. There's nothing that, that I can say and make you do. I could come behind each and every one and make you raise your hands. I could say, stand up and raise your hands. And you're just like, all right, here we go. And that's your attitude. It's a lot of our attitudes if we don't watch it. And I'm not saying you have to raise your hands to praise God. But a lot of times, when what is the international sign of surrender? Right? That's the international sign. It's known all over the world. I surrender myself to Him. I'm praising the one that's worthy to be praised. He says, know that the Lord, He is your God, and he, it is He who made us and not ourselves. We are the sheep of His pasture. And we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name, for the Lord is good and His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures unto all generations. I want to go back to make a joyful shout. 
How many shouted lately at anything? I mean, good, bad, indifferent. You've raised your voice at something. Don't be shy. I know you have. And it was at me. So, because I was being stupid. But, and so, we've all done that. But when is the last time that you raised your voice as we raise a hallelujah? We sung that song this morning. In the middle of our enemies. When is the last time you got mad enough at the devil because of all the things that seems like it's going on in your life to where you raised your voice to him? You did? So there's two people. Three, because I've done it the other day. Four. So why are we so timid to raise our voice to the enemy that is trying to destroy our marriage, our life, our home, our family, everything about us, but we won't raise our voice to Him. When is the last time that you shouted for victory and a voice of triumph, as the Bible says, because of what God's done for you? Can you has anybody done that lately? Can you think of a time to where you've shouted to God because of how much He's done for you? Nobody? I'm guilty of it also. Okay, I'm guilty of not giving God the praise and honor that He so much and so richly and deeply deserves because of what He's done for me. And we all should be at a place today, especially right now, this time of Thanksgiving, to where we should want to give God thanks and praise for what He's done. And so, this has been in my spirit all week. I was back in the office this week reading it one night and, you know, jotting notes down and just in a time of of I know the presence of God was with me. And it's the same as when you read the Word of God and get into the presence of God. It's the same presence of God with you. He don't do it any different than me because I'm up here pastoring, I promise. I'm, he don't talk to me. He's not going to talk to me anymore. He's going to talk to anybody else. He's going to talk to those who want to talk to Him. He's going to be in the presence of those that want to be in the presence of Him. So if you want to be in the presence of God, then you spend the time in the Word and get to know the Word of God and enjoy that time with Him. And then every day when you get up, you can experience the presence of God. So, we're about to close. I know I've been preaching for a little bit. A little longer than normal. Everybody's still awake, I see, this morning. That's good. That's good. We're going to end a little different this morning. And I know if you've got needs, we'll pray. But I want everybody to stand this morning. And we're going to shout in a minute. Alright? He says, I don't want to shout. Well, you, if you don't want to, then don't. It says, it says those who reap, sow sparingly shall reap sparingly. We read that this morning. And those who sow bountifully shall reap bountifully. Well, this can work in this area in your life too. If you sow sparingly of joy, guess what? Guess what you're going to reap? You're not going to reap much joy in your life. If you sow into, into, into God what He's, and, and say, God, here it is, you plant it, you take it, and help me tend to it, you tend to it, get all the weeds out, guess what? The more is going to come up in your life. The more good things are going to happen in your life. The only way you can do that, and the only way that, that it's personal to you is if you know Jesus is Lord of your life. So we'll start with that this morning. If Jesus is Lord of your life, then this is for you. If Jesus is not, then you can find, you can come and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior during this time, I promise. But, Jesus wants to be Lord of each and everybody in His life. Each one of us. He wants to be. And I believe that, I believe that He's working and moving in people's hearts and lives right now. But, this morning, I want you, to the best of your ability,
okay, the best of your ability. He can play music. If you got something to play, then that's fine. You can go ahead, but I want you to shout. If you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, whatever this morning, wherever it's your vehicle, whatever, you make a time to shout this morning. I'm looking right at the camera. So I'm not leaving anybody out. You say, well, this is goofy. Trust me, this is out of my comfort zone. Okay? How many times have you ever seen me up here doing this? No. Because it's not, it's not like me. But I don't want to be like me. I want to be like God. I want to follow what His Spirit says to do, no matter how uncomfortable it makes, makes anybody feel. If that's what He said to do, then we do it. And as you do this, you believe and trust God that, hey, I'm going to see a breakthrough during this time. And if you don't see it now, guess what? Do it again next time it comes up. I was so mad at some situation that went on couple weeks ago, I'm driving down the road, and it just I'm like, oh, just go away. And you said, well, that's weird. Well, guess what? you got to get weird. What did they call every, every disciple Jesus ever had? They were weird, wasn't they? Weird is different. If we're going to be different than the world, then I guess we're going to be weird. But the more you shout and the more you get through it and the more you break through with that shout, then the more victory you're going to see on the other side, I promise. Amen. Amen. Well, let's, hey, play something. You can play it fast. I don't care what it is. And as you do this, I want you to shout joyfully to God and shout joyfully. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Whatever it is, you shout.